Good Saturday morning to everybody and welcome to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge Podcast along with Rob Weinberg. I'm Gary Byron. Rob, good to see hey you there, Gary. my friend. How you doing? It's great to have you live in studio. Thank you. You too. Good to see you in person as always. I appreciate that. Uh, I'm, I'm doing well. I, I can't believe uh, tomorrow is already October 1st. Can you believe that? This year has just flown by. It really has. You want to hear something scary? You know, I say that every year, but I never used to. It's like the older I get, that's what I, I, I have no conception say. of time anymore. Yep, yep. It, it's the way it is. I think there's a lot of people that wouldn't mind seeing 2023 in the rearview mirror, though. That's for sure. It's been a rough year, especially, especially in, in real estate. Yeah, real estate yeah, yeah. You know, say, I mean, we've had worse. 2020 was really the year everybody wanted to put in the rearview mirror. That was the COVID year. Yeah, I mean, everything well, shut down. I guess it depends what you were doing, because I know like this time in 2020, mortgage lenders and realtors were busier than ever. Yeah, at 1.9%. That's why. I mean, like, I suppose if you owned a Chinese restaurant or a pizza restaurant um, or a or a bar, no, a package store, a liquor store. Oh, yeah. You were, on, you were, were, doing you were well. cooking with gas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And mortgages when everything was 1.9%. Yeah. I don't, they were, I never did oh. any loan in the 1.9. Okay? Come on, man. Never, never got one that low. I think the lowest interest rate I got any client was 2.125 back then. Pretty close, 2.125. That's what you're going to get me, right? Well, let's hope that they come back. Maybe if we're buying you a home in 10 years, we can uh, potentially, but you know. Maybe I, if we get another pandemic. That's that's it. It's a white swan, or I'm sorry, they call it the black swan event. The event nobody's thinking of. The pandemic, the world war that comes and just turns the economy upside down. That's what caused you know everything that happened during the COVID times with the rates and the mm-hmm. housing prices. For sure. But what is going to happen now? And are you really going to sit around and wait for it? Because the the black swan events, you can't wait for. You want to be prepared. You want to be ready. So when they come, you can take advantage. Because those that were ready during that COVID time, they were able to clean up financially in the stock market, in real estate, with mortgages. They were able to do a lot. Those that didn't have jobs, though, those that were financially ruined, they couldn't take advantage of that time. Right. They could. I saw it myself and it was an unfortunate. But the clients that were well off that had the financial savvy that were strategic with their money, they used the opportunity there. That horrible time that you're saying people didn't like the ones that understood the perspective said, wait, there's something more going on here. They loaded up on stocks in March of 2020 when everyone was panicking. They loaded up on real estate when nobody was buying. There was a glimmer there of time when you could pick up a house for next to nothing because everyone thought the sky was falling. Fast forward just six months a year, and it was a great decision. Now, fast forward three years, and it was a home run. I mean, I know a personal – personal. I can't really call him a friend. A colleague of mine that I know in the mortgage industry that had that savvy financially cleaned up during the market a downturn in 2020. And I remember it was around – maybe it was around May or June of 2020 – They had put a significant amount of their net worth into the stock market in March when it crashed, and they were able to retire just a few months later. So that shows you, yeah, high risk, high return, but that just shows you if you have the savvy, you have the wherewithal, you have the cojones, so to speak, (laughs) to get into the market when nobody else wants it, whether it be real estate, stocks, bonds, whatever – 
There's a rainbow there. I mean, there's a there's a pot at the end of the Somebody rainbow. Somebody buys right? a property right now. I don't know what is it six point nine percent. Is it right around? Is oh, it right it's around gone seven? up since it's, the last time. More... I, the average rate, I believe, as a last time I checked last week, the average rate was approaching seven and a half percent. And with the Fed rhetoric the last couple of weeks and the tough talk on rates. Um, it's not looking like it's going down anytime soon. It's looking like it's going to – this is the new normal. This is the new stabilized market we're in. But it's like right when I say that, some event's going to happen and the rates are going to drop in a month, right? That's like that's what happens. It's just you can't right, yeah, control but okay, that. But, that, but you know that that's not going to happen. So the rates are not going to drop in a month. And if it does, but it they might. Yeah, but not substantially. If it goes to, if it goes to 7.4, it'll go what, to 6.9. I mean – Nothing that's going to really make a, a, a great difference. Okay. okay, so if somebody buys a house right now at 7%, okay, um, and you say, well, you know, you can always refi, providing that the rate goes down. Sure. Are we talking a year, two, and two years? And Definitely. Refi at what? 5.9? 5.5? I mean, right now, the strategy I'm putting in place with most of my clients is that this is temporary, but how temporary, like you said? 12 to 24 months, 12 to 18 months, we don't know. I mean, we don't know how long it's going to take. That's the bottom line. But you got to be prepared for the mortgage you're taking today to be in it for a couple of years. I truly believe that in 12 to 24 months, the rates are going to be lower than they are today. But the question, how much lower? The good news is that if you're taking a mortgage at 7 or 7.5% and the rates drop to 6 next year, you have a refinance opportunity. I'm not telling you you're going to save $800 a month on your payment. But you are going to have a refinance opportunity. So it's one of those tails you win, heads you win either way, because if the rates continue to go up or just stay stable, you stick with your mortgage. You're in the same spot. But if the rates go down, you win because you can potentially refi. And what we saw during the COVID time was this ratchet effect. So we saw everyone that had the mortgage rate that say four or five. They saw the rates drop. They took that initial bite of the apple. They got the rates down a little bit. But then you saw the rates go even further down. So what happened? Did those people lose out? No. Many of them refinanced again about a year later. Yes, they had to pay more closing costs. Yes, they might have had to get a new appraisal. So I'm not saying it was free or something for nothing, but they were able to get a do-over. They were able to take that 4.9 down to 3.9, and then a year later, that 3.9 down to 2.9 or even less in some cases. So don't be afraid to take advantage of a good refi opportunity. Don't get greedy because I still have people today that didn't refi during COVID because they said, I'm only I'm waiting for that 1%. I'm not going to two. I'm not going to three. I'm waiting for one. And some of those people are still sitting with mortgage rates at five, six and higher because they got greedy. So do not let that be you. Do not. I've had a lot of people that have been asking me lately, not only about those rates coming down, but also like, this is the new reality. This is the new normal. And that has come into people's heads as like, this is what it is. They're not having the mentality of last year, which is, hey, let's wait. Let's just sit back and wait it out because the prices are going to come down. Now it's like, whoa, these prices were here to stay. Whoa, these rates, these are the same that they were last year. High, right? Relatively high. What are we going to do? And they still need a new home. The kids are still coming. They still need the, the good school district. They need all this stuff that has nothing to do with money, right? But they still need it. So I think right now is an opportune time because we've talked about seasonality. Right now we're seeing that shift of yeah. fall to winter, et cetera. 
the the change in the seasons, the change in the air, the change in the temperature, and it creates real estate opportunities. We've talked in the past. We've done a, a few episodes about seasonality because it's a really important topic in real estate, but never in this context, never in the market where it's at today with such low inventory, with the rates where they are. Seasonality means more now than it did a year or two ago. All right. So you mentioned going from fall to winter, but you know tomorrow's October 1st, as I mentioned earlier. And we just hit autumn, the first day of autumn, a few days back or a week back. So let's talk about transitioning from summer to fall before we can even get to winter. I mean, how how does the changing weather affect the timing and, and even the dynamics of the real estate market? Let's say in even like in different regions. Yeah, yep. So weather has a big, significant impact on the real estate market, especially in the regions that have the harsh weather. OK, we're sitting here. We're sitting in Connecticut. Harsh winter state, right? New England. Hasn't been for the, the most part. Years, for though. the most part, though, generally speaking, it's going to be colder here than it is in Florida, sure, right? Sure. It's going to be colder here than it is maybe in the in the Carolinas. So it's relative. Maybe it's not going to be a horrible winter, but it's still known to be a harsh winter. When you're buying real estate, you're not buying it for a year. You're buying it for decades, ideally, right? To get a good return on your investment. So you want to look at not only today, but long term. Home buying and selling do tend to slow down during those colder months, as we'll be talking about. But conversely, places with milder climates, places like Florida and the South, Texas, Southern California, these areas... We'll see more consistency year-round. You'll really find. And you also find that some people from the harsh weather states, like the Northeast, will go and move down or be buying real estate in the more mild climates that we're talking about, which actually can create more competition in those areas during the winter. So that's an important thing. But how does this affect you as a home buyer? Price elasticity, right? So – more flexible negotiations, specifically talking about buying a home in New England in the winter months, you're going to have more flexibility with your pricing. Um, and, and you're going to have more flexibility when it comes to your negotiation with the seller overall, not only the price, but the concessions, the timelines, because of that supply and demand. Generally, there's just less competition because would you rather be out looking at homes in sunny weather when it's nice out or in snow and ice and, and sleet no, and course. all that, you know right? The answer to that. You already know the answer to that question. So then what are some of the common trends that you've observed in, in terms of, of home buyers' behavior during the colder winter months? So during the winter months, what we generally see is just fewer home buyers in the market. And we were just talking about the weather as a reason why, but also coinciding with the weather is the chapter, what I refer to as the chapter of life. So every year there's chapters we go through, right? Um, beginning of the year, New Year's resolutions. Then we have a shift into spring, kids going back to school. Then we have the shift into fall, like right now, with you know all this other stuff going on, right? And the, the season's oh. changing. So it's like at that point, at the end of fall into oh, – I, I should just call it in the autumn season, a lot of people pull back from the housing market because there's a lot more kids' activities going on. There's a lot more school activities going on and getting kids back to school. And because the majority of home buyers are families, right, they have kids, that – definitely plays in. Now, if you're a single home buyer, you're somebody that doesn't have kids. That was me years ago. And I bought every house I bought in the winter for that reason, because mm. I had that flexibility that it didn't matter what was going on. I didn't have kids in school or have to worry about moving in the middle of the winter. So that gave me opportunity where I was able to get a really, really good deal. And uh, the other thing that I've seen, especially lately, is that 
people that are looking for homes during the fall and winter seasons tend to be more serious home buyers. All right, that kind of leads into another question I had. Are, are there certain types of properties that sell better depending on the season or the time Absolutely. of year? Absolutely. Oh, okay. yeah. I thought so. And, and you know, this is something we haven't touched on in the past, so I was really excited to kind of dive into what works and what doesn't work with homes. But it's kind of common sense because in warmer months, people are going to gravitate towards homes with pools, with outdoor spaces, right? <clears throat> Gardens. Sure. Really makes it makes feel sense. good yeah. to be outdoors in your home when you have an outdoor space, right? And also, nowadays, we've even, especially with the advent and everything that happened during COVID, we saw a lot more people want to spend time outside at their home, be in nature, right? Get mm-hmm. out of the house, get out of that stuffiness of being inside. So, homes that have that uh, amenity, if you'll call it, any sort of outdoor amenities are going to sell better in those warmer months. But at the same point, in colder months, You've got a lot of homes, especially up here, that have really warm, inviting fireplaces, right? You walk in, you hear that crackling of the fire, you smell that wood burning, and man, that just brings you that warm and fuzzy feeling. It really does. And homes with those cozy interiors where you can just feel the warmth when you walk in, it's not hot. It's just warm and cozy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those properties really tend to do well during those winter months. It's just, again, it's like common sense. But if we don't talk about it, it doesn't really come to the surface. So if you're someone that's got one of those cozy homes, you know, and you've got that scenario, like don't look at the the winter as a bad time to list your home. Embrace opportunity because you might be able to get a lot more for a home like that in the winter than you would in the summer or even in the fall. Uh, and in those outdoor amenities like For example, if you have hiking trails nearby, right, that can be a huge draw for people that are big into outdoors. And I've seen in listings, you know, this property is within a mile of six hiking trails and snow resorts. Like there's all these different amenities. A house on a golf course. There you go. Exactly. But if you're trying to sell a house on the golf course in the middle of the winter, you might have a little bit more of a challenge to be able to do that. doesn't mean it can't happen. It's just a little bit more challenging. So, like, think about that. Discuss that with your real estate professional to, if you have flexibility, help time your listing, help time your home sale. And also as a buyer, help time what properties you're looking for, right? You might be able to get an advantage if you're looking for a home with great outdoor spaces in the middle of the winter. Mm. However, you're going to be up against even more limited inventory, so right? So outdoor presentation, curb appeal, if you will. This, mm-hmm. These all tie into, um, I guess, the seasonality of the real estate in which you're selling. Definitely so. I mean, curb appeal is important year-round, but during warmer months, it's easier to showcase those outdoor spaces, right? So if you're selling a home that has a lot of that good outdoor amenity and you're doing that in the winter, it's you're just not going to be able to really give that full feel, right? You're not going to be able to show it the way you want to show it and really get the most bang for your buck. In winter, though, keep in mind, it's important that you keep your walkways clear. Add some festive touches. I really think it adds a lot when you put, like, the little fall signs up, you know, the little things that Halloween stuff sometimes can be cool. It just it gives more of that homey feeling. It gives more comfortability for the buyer. And I know for me, like, when I was looking at homes – it was like a, a black and white thing. I would walk in the home and literally in seconds, no, does this feel right? Is that comfortability there? That's something that has nothing to do with price. It's all about presentation. Yeah, you you, you bring up some really, really good points. Um, I, 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 told, I told somebody one time, you know, nobody goes looking to purchase a convertible 
in April or May. You got you, it. You got to sell it in October, November. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. You got to buy one. Excuse me. Not selling it. Selling it is probably more to the advantage of the person who's going to sell it in April or May because they're going to get exactly. more money. Same thing for the for the house, I presume. I mean, do do property prices do they fluctuate based on the season? They do. And how, how do you get leverage in this if you're a seller? Okay. Yeah. So there's definitely – this is the meat and potatoes of the seasonality discussion, which is what type of price reduction can you get? What yeah. type of flexibility do you actually have based on this season's? So generally speaking, when I look back over decades and decades of data, you're going to see anywhere from a 5 to 10% flexibility and pricing in the in the winter months you see it start in fall right now we see it start you'll see some more uh, maybe they're going to cut a price a little more on a home maybe they're going to take a lower offer maybe they're going to give a concession they wouldn't have given six months ago even three months ago so that's where you start to see it then as we progress through fall and then into winter the further we get into the winter the more you start seeing this seasonality price change take effect. So again, you're not necessarily going to just see prices listing for less. You're going to see price cuts more relevant. <laughs> you're going to see homes that were listed for 450 actually selling for like 430 whereas before you weren't seeing that, right? And I've already started to see this in some of the offers that have come across my desk in the last couple of weeks. Some of the accepted offers, I should say, we're actually starting to see this normal seasonality kind of take hold here. So, buyers are going to find more motivated sellers. I think that that's a really important thing to understand because this is really the off season of real estate. Winners considered the off season sure. when it comes to buying and selling homes. So if you find somebody that's selling a home in the off season, they're probably more motivated to do that. There's a reason they're selling it in the off season versus at the height of the market, which is generally going to be around that June, July, August. That's the hot wow. time, right? So you know, they could get better prices during the peak buying period, but they're not. So you need to use that as a strategic advantage with your real estate professional. Why are they selling now? What can we do as the buyers to appease them, to make their needs become what we're going to give them so we can get that deal under contract? And people that have been looking and striking out on homes for months all of a sudden are gaining traction in these winter months. So a lot of people will say, well, I'm going to get out in the winter. I don't want to deal with that. But you're actually going about it the wrong way. You want to go against the masses. When the masses are pulling back, you want to be getting in. The same thing we were talking about with the stock market. When everyone was running for the hills and the market was crashing in March of 2020, three years later, what do you wish you would have done during that time, right? And it's the same thing with real estate. Three years from now, are you going to wish you bought in 2023? Or are you still going to be sitting there saying, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for rates. I'm waiting for prices. Folks, you are listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast along with Rob Weinberg. I'm Gary Byron. Of course, you can always get more information on Rob's website. It's robgw.com, and his phone number is 860-413-3938. And if you didn't get it uh, right there, I promise you, I will repeat it more towards the end of the show. I'll toss in uh, an extra email address to you. How about that for you? All right, guys, share some examples. Come on, you, you talk a good talk here, but um, give me some examples of weather-related challenges that buyers and sellers should be prepared for in uh, various seasons. Here. Right, so when we think about what challenges could you have selling a home in the winter, the things just come to mind right off the bat. A home inspection can be pretty challenging if you got a bunch of snow on the roof, you got ice, you got icicles, and just 
all that stuff going on, right? How are you going to get a really good look at the driveway on the home that you're about to buy if it's got a bunch of snow remnants and salt and all? Like, it's hard to do, right? So that's definitely a challenge. Um, Snow cover, uh, whether it be the appraisal, the inspection, any of that. In rainy seasons, you might find it can be really difficult to buy or inspect home in like a rainy season because it's going to be hard to do all the things that they need to do if it's pouring rain, right? I've actually heard some home inspectors say it's great to inspect a home in the flood or in the uh, when it's downpouring rain because you get to see a lot of the issues with the home. Mm. And you might be buying a home that has something faulty, but it only happens when it rains. And if you haven't been there during a rainstorm or during a weather event, leaks. you wouldn't know that. Leaks. So it can really bring up yep, a lot of leaks and, and different flooding risks. So buyers and sellers should be aware of these challenges and plan accordingly. Um, and I would say, you know, in an ideal scenario, you want to try to schedule your home inspections to be done at times when there's going to be clearance, right? So it's not always possible to do this, but if you can look at a weather forecast and say, oh, you know, next Tuesday looks like it's going to be clear, you want to be able to just make the most of it. Don't be doing your home inspections, appraisals, and your home showings in the middle of these weather events. I think that that's just an important thing for a lot of reasons. But at the same time, don't shy away from maybe going during a rainstorm or going during a weather event just to see how the house holds up. Nothing so wrong then, with that. In, in what ways does maybe the, some of the extreme weather that you just mentioned, maybe like hurricanes or heavy snowfall, how does it impact the real estate market? This is a great question, Gary, and it's something that I really haven't thought about before. When we've done these seasonality episodes, I haven't really dove into like hurricanes and stuff because, I mean, how often do we get them up well, here, right? Well, you mentioned Florida, but, yeah, gets, the Florida them, get them a lot. gets them a lot. But let's just talk about extreme weather in general. And, and I do have a good story behind this because my father actually bought a home in Miami just after Hurricane Andrew. Okay, so I have a really cool story about that. But these extreme weather events, they disrupt the market because if you have even a huge snowstorm that comes in with feet, you know, several feet of snow, which we haven't had right in like a couple years, but we did. So when that happens, you're going to see people pull back from the market temporarily because it's so hard to see homes. The inspection issues, appraisal issues we were talking about. Hurricane areas, hurricane areas specifically like in Florida and on the Gulf Coast. They see huge swings in property values when big hurricanes come in. So the story that I want to tell about this that illustrates this is Hurricane Andrew, South Florida. I think it was 1992. Yeah, I remember that. Does that sound right? Yeah. Was it around then? Yeah, early 90s. So – my family was moving from the Northeast, uh, from the D.C. area down to Florida. And uh, we had actually we had been renting a place in Florida for a couple months and the hurricane came, right? We couldn't afford a house in Florida before the hurricane. Next thing you know, that Hurricane Andrew came in and we we're my dad, I'll give him credit. He saw the opportunity of these homes that you know, especially in the areas that were hit bad, even if the home wasn't badly damaged, the price was significantly reduced because people didn't want to buy a home after this once in a lifetime uh, hurricane. Well, those that saw the opportunity capitalized and my my dad, you know, was able to pick up an amazing property 
at that time, it was only $250,000. Is back in the early 90s. Wow. Um, sold it for well over double, you know, a couple years ago. But that property he was only able to get at that price because everyone was scared and leaving yeah. and moving and no one wanted to be in South Florida. No one to be, especially near where the eye hit of the storm. But if you can have that confidence and motivation, you can no, pick up a I great mean, deal in the aftermath of a major weather that's a event. That's a great story, Rob. Are there, then, are there strategies or maybe some tips that you can offer to make the most of of each season and and as far as buying and selling a home yeah so buyers need to be prepared for the seasonal challenges but use them to your advantage use them to negotiate don't go with the masses and say oh it's that time of year no one's buying homes no one's selling homes there's no inventory take the opposite approach i'm going to be strategic and i'm going to be ready so when that home comes on the market that checks my boxes, I can be one of the few offers. I can be one of those that actually moves forward and has that confidence to do that. Sellers can make their homes a lot more appealing, like we were talking about, um, to attract motivated buyers with just playing into the seasons, with the decorations, the fireplace going, etc. So that's big. But, you know, getting pre-approved is so important. And we were just talking about this before the show, you know? Getting pre-approved, even if you don't know you know, where the market's at or if you're going to find a house, that's the smartest move you can make because if you get pre-approved at least by me and around the October timeline your pre-approval you're talking about into January February of next year it's going to be good through so you don't have to feel rushed about finding a home right now maybe you can look at a homes that come on the market after the first of the year we usually see a good amount of homes coming on early so keep that in mind and get pre-approved early all right how do real estate professionals adapt their own marketing and sales techniques to you know, to kind of align with seasonal changes. Yeah, so your real estate professional that's helping you list your home should really be bringing the stuff we're talking about to your attention. They should be talking about the fact that doing these little uh, – you know, odds and ends, so to speak, right? Making the house feel more seasonally appropriate. It doesn't matter if you're selling it to a family or someone single, just having that warmth, that comfortability, that season, uh, the feel in the home, it just makes people feel better about buying it. It's an emotional thing. It has nothing to do with numbers. The more you can make them feel emotionally comfortable, the more they're going to want to put an offer on your home. And if your home has all these bells and whistles and all this seasonality stuff we're talking about presented the right way and another home that's similar doesn't, they're going to go with yours almost every time. They're going to go with it even if it has a higher price because of the stuff that we're talking about here. It makes a difference, and it's all about sales and marketing. This is where your real estate pro should be guiding you. Some houses are just vacant. There's not a thing in them. Sure. Well, if if it's a real estate professional listing that home, they should be taking the opportunity to even just put a few little things, right? Okay. Just a few little things to make that property stand out in this time. All right, I'm gonna. You got 30 seconds. I got one more question, but I can need a real short answer. Some maybe some misconceptions or myths about buying or selling a home in a specific season that maybe you like to debunk, but you got to do it quick. All right. Biggest misconception is that winter is a bad time to sell a home. It's not. There's fewer buyers, but those in the market are a lot more serious. They're a lot more committed. Every season has its unique advantages for both buyers and sellers. So just use that to play to your personal advantage. All right, perfect. Folks, you've been listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge Podcast. If you'd like more information on this show or any of the others that uh, we perform here on a weekly basis, simply head on over to www.robgw.com. And if you'd like to submit a letter, uh, maybe we can get it read and answered right here on these very airwaves. Simply email Mortgage Matters Radio Show 
at gmail.com. And if you'd like to schedule a consultation with Rob Weinberg, simply give him a buzz, 860-413-3938. I'll repeat that for you. Write it down. Ready? 860-413-3938. For Rob Weinberg, I'm Gary Byron. Thank you so much for listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge Podcast. Until next Saturday morning, have a good one, everybody. So long.